have you done your, um, you know, the thing that you need to do when you, when you're about to go on stage and sing, you know, the little, do me Yeah, no, I don't do that. You don't do that? No, I, I don't warm up too much because otherwise it's, uh, your, your voice thins up. Oh, does it? Is that right? I yeah. Don't, I didn't know. You should okay. warm up just enough because otherwise you, you, uh, you go on stage and your voice is too thin. Do you, do you goggle? Eh? Do you goggle? I mean, do you, do you take some salt water? No, or no, no, no. I drink beer. Goggle? Do you goggle with the beer? Uh, no, 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 I just drink it. Just drink it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Does that work? Does that work? Does it create a kind of a, uh, a sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't really, but it does. I mean, it depends. Oh. If you if you if you ingest enough, you're gonna think that it does. I get the old. You think I used to. Uh, the more I drink, I I'm a terrible dancer. But as I drink a fair amount, I think I'm good. But the yeah. weird thing is, is that I know in my mind that I I'm bad, but I think to myself after I drink enough that maybe I've improved. <laughs> and and then someone and then someone breaks the magic with a with a video record. Uh, well, I, you know what it was actually going back a number of years, I was at a, a Halloween party at a very, very posh place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I dressed up as a woman naturally and I of shaved course. my legs and, um, Oh wow. You, you went to great lengths. Well, it was a Halloween party and I thought, what was the theme? The theme was something to do with, uh, a circus, like a horror circus or something. I went Rocky, to the Rocky horror picture show. I would love that. I, I, yeah, I miss those days. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to go to the Rocky Horror things in the theater and you used to dress up and take newspaper and, you know, oh, wow. water guns with you. It was great. And rice, you'd have to, you know, the guys out there, they know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I went as a woman and, um, and my, my younger son, who's a, who's a boxer and a wrestler, he, he, uh, he, he, he went also as a, yeah, he went as a fairy. <laughs> <laughs> We painted each other's nails and walked down uh, Oxford Street together. Mm. And I got some wolf whistles about my legs, so I won't hear another word about it. <laughs> uh, what, was this, what was the point? <laughs> what was the point? I don't know. I don't know. It just came out, I think. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't mind being gay. I really, really, really wouldn't get to. The thing was, I was walking down Oxford Street, and I saw, uh, and I'm, I'm dressed up like this, and I'm walking past uh, so Oxford Street for um, you know our, our foreign friends is like this main high street in London. It's it's where it all happens or mm. happened before COVID. And um, there's tons of shops and it's all lots of posh, you know, expensive shops. So I'm walking down there on the way to this very. But did I mention how posh this club was? Very, very posh. Yes. Yeah, and very exclusive as well, actually. Uh, and so I'm walking down there, and uh, and I'm looking through the windows at all of the handbags and shoes, and I'm saying to James, "Oh my God, I don't even have a handbag. Look, wouldn't that go really well with this outfit?" <laughs> I totally get, you know. I, I want to come back as a woman, or maybe not, because I have all the other difficult stuff that they have to deal with. But you know, I totally get the idea of you know handbags and shoes. Totally get it. Anyway, uh, that's not what we're here today. We're here today uh, not to out me, but actually to uh, to release some uh, some information. And uh, and the information we're going to release, it's it's. I'm very excited about it. We've been we've been holding this in for uh, two or three weeks now, 
And we're coming uh, very, out again. <laughs> no, it's a different thing. No, okay. it's, it's, it's almost, almost at the same level of excitement. Uh, it's, we're going to be blending some beans. And uh, we're going to mm. be blending some beans uh, as kind of a part of a competition uh, that Cavetti Roasters um, put out on their, on, on their, I think it was on their YouTube video. And they have, um, so if you don't know who they are, go check them out on YouTube. Um, and we'll have a sort of a, a link, a link in the show notes. Isn't that what they all say? We'll have a link in the show notes. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's what the pros do. So we'll have a link there, and we will. You um, should definitely check out his videos. I really like them. So just to know, so you know, I I was watching his videos way back, way back when. I'm talking about you know weeks, <laughs> no, actually months. I don't <laughs> know. He's days. I don't know. Yeah, since this whole last week. No, I, I since I think pretty much since early on since he started doing them. Um, I'm not quite sure how I found them. Just, you know, they call it doom, doom surfing. You know what doom surfing is? Doom uh, scrolling, doom scrolling. Ah, damn it. I lost my cool. No. Yeah. Okay. So doom scrolling is where you sit in your bed at nighttime and you, and you just go to check like TikTok or something and you're laughing at cat videos or, you know, magicians or something. And then you just keep going. Cause the next thing's funny as well. You keep going, you keep going and you're there for hours. You can't put it down. It's called doom scrolling. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, I doom scroll coffee uh, YouTube videos at nighttime, and uh, so probably I was doom scrolling and uh, and came across uh, his videos some time back, and I really liked I really liked them. He's he's right up amongst my my favorite um, of people to watch because uh, he's no nonsense. He's no nonsense, and 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 he's he's kind of what what, what he talks. He just talks sense. Because mm-hmm. there's a little bit sometimes out there, there's a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of, I don't know, showmanship, not showmanship, but a little bit of, you know, just take your 12,000 euro Lamazocca machine and you'll make a, you know, you'll make a, a latte art like I can, um, you know, with my niche zero grinder and my everything else. Yeah, and he's you're kind of to someone in particular. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. I'm not. And I, I watch all those videos as well whilst I'm doom scrolling. <laughs> no one escapes the eye of Mordor. Uh, but uh, but I actually, I was on the phone to some lawyers. I had a, I had a Zoom thing. Where, you know how it has all those little squares up? Mm-hmm. And uh, and everybody had their face up. And everyone was really, you know, you know, chirpy and happy and blah, 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 blah. Except for the lawyer. And the lawyer yeah. had uh, it, it. I swear, I, I, I think she had the wrong camera on or something, but it it resembled the eye of Mordor. <laughs> I just and I mentioned that to her on the call, and uh, it it didn't it didn't go over well. Anyway, didn't so, it? Uh, no, no, it didn't. Hmm. Lawyers, I, you know, I, I, funny enough, actually, that Halloween thing I went to uh, dressed as a woman. I went with my lawyer. My lawyer came along as well, and he Did went. You to need the lawyer. He's a lot of fun. He's a great okay. lawyer. He's he's one of the he's one of the good ones. He's one of the good ones. Um, and you say that because otherwise uh, he might sue you because <laughs> <laughs> he's done some pro bono work for me. <laughs> Not a lot, but he's done a bit of pro bono work for me. So um, he's a great guy. Um, thanks, Phil. So uh, <laughs> and uh, and I always bring him a coffee when I go see him. I think that's why he. That's what I basically do. Is it's a sort of it's called in the world of hackers it's called the uh, psychological um, uh, uh, or not the effect the the psychological trigger of reciprocation 
And what that means is if you do something for somebody, they feel the need to do something back for you. So I always right. bring him a coffee and then he, you know, he feels he needs to do something for me. What can you do for me? Well, I say, hey, Phil, I've got this, you know, I've got this mm. problem. It's going to be a bit of advice. So you called it what? Uh, it's called, it is called, if you look up, if you look up hacking psychology techniques, mm -hmm. uh, it's called <clears throat> the, uh, the principle of reciprocation. Right. Yeah. There's a number, I think it's like six of them. So if you're getting socially engineered by somebody, if you're okay. familiar with what social engineering is, um, a phishing is a form of social engineering where you get somebody to do something for you. Mm -hmm. One of the ways a hacker will, um, will play you is uh, one of the psychological ways is through this, this principle of uh, reciprocation. Anyway, that's not what it's about. It's about uh, Gareth and Carvetti uh, roasters who had this, um, they had this, uh, this uh, competition Mm -hmm. And yes. the competition was uh, you could get, um, you could uh, apply. I can't remember how you applied. You had to do something. I just like send them a message or something. I can't remember if it was participate, mm -hmm. comment on the video or something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, it's not important because I didn't do that. Um, you, you basically, <laughs> I know, right? So you, you basically, he was giving away uh, some bags of his coffee. And the idea was is that you had to blend them and see what you could come up with and see if you could come up with a blend that was better than one of his blends. So he, um, he's got a, a signature espresso roast that he does. And I had a little chat with him about it, actually. And, I, and again, this is, this is so Gareth. Uh, he, said, um, he said, look, look, I don't really make this uh, espresso roast for, for anyone else. Make it for me. Mm -hmm. I make it so that I like it. Yeah, it makes and sense. What it, do you know what? Um, do you know what it does? actually does make sense. It's kind of the point is that a lot of people are, you know, are out there trying to evaluate, you know, maybe through focus groups, uh, evaluate uh, what, what the most popular type of coffee is and that's what they're going to sell. Yeah. Whereas, um, whereas Gareth is just like, no, no I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to make something I really like to drink. Yeah. And I think we actually, we actually, uh, touched this topic last time or one in one of the podcasts that are there are two schools uh, one is uh, i'm gonna try to make something that caters for the majority or the people like mm -hmm. and uh, the other ones that uh, let's say I'm, I'm going to cater for myself and make something that i like and if you guys like it good if you don't what well, your problem you're right wrong. right that's right and um you know, that's the, you know, that's the spiritually right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I told, uh, I, I think I wrote him a little thing, a little, a little thing where I explained a story that my, when I was a little kid, my, my dad was an art dealer and he was, uh, he was actually a very good art dealer and he, um, and, uh, I kind of wanted to know as a, as a, as a child, I can't remember how old I was, maybe 10 or 12 or something. I wanted to know, uh, what the, not the secret, but I wanted to know a tip. Mm -hmm. What's the tip? How to get rich? What's the tip? How do you, how do you pick? How do you pick, right, the right artwork, and how do you know how much to pay for it and stuff like that? So I mean, we're talking about you know expensive artwork, mm -hmm. so old masters and things. Um, and uh, he said, "Well, I, I don't." He said, I, "I just if I like something, then I figure other people will like it too." So and he said, "Then the worst case scenario is if you buy a piece of art that uh, that you like." And you can't sell it. At least you're stuck with something you like. I thought that was actually some pretty. Yeah, it's know, pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, 
It's it's like yeah. me with my coffee machines at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly I, the same. I fix this one. I'm gonna sell it. Well, whatever. <laughs> and when you, when will you start hanging those on the wall? Ah, uh, they're heavy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like this. I've just got this image now of walking into your place, you know, coffee machines hanging off the wall. Ah, and on the left here we have the old uh, <laughs> vintage garage here. On the right is one of the what your head is a lever machine. <laughs> that's a great idea you should do that (laughs) you you should definitely do that it's a mario you're mario (laughs) you guessed it when i was when my kids were little i used to play mario kart all the time and my favorite thing was uh i used to always play luigi mario kart Mm -hmm. i'm a luigi i'm gonna win That stuck with me forever. I would I wake up every morning and think that. I'm Anika. I'm gonna win today. <laughs> right. So uh so you will naturally get divorced during the process whilst you're hanging all these coffee uh espresso machines on your wall. Hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully I can I can keep it to a to a to an acceptable level. Uh, there is no acceptable level of hanging espresso machines on your wall. What do you Max, mean? I hate to break this to you. I, well, what do you mean? You can, I'm pretty sure you can hang two or three, mm-hmm. five Listen, coffee I've, machines. Listen, I've met your wife a couple of times, and she's absolutely delightful and lovely. However, Max, as a man who's been through a number of divorces. <laughs> a number? A number. Let me explain to you. <laughs> There's limits. <laughs> And they stop. They stop before you hang the espresso machine on the wall. <laughs> I see. Okay. Okay. Maybe pictures of espresso of espresso machine. Uh, your pictures are absolutely fine. You can hang the picture. Well, yeah, actually, even then, you're probably pushing the limits. Mm. I don't know. There's certain things. It's territory. It's a territorial thing. You have to understand what the territories are. You also have to understand bargaining and negotiation. Um, you don't want to overtly negotiate with your wife. It right. has to be a very subtle one because then yeah. the cheap. I could, the whole I process. could actually, I, you know, I could, I could start with, um, with, with, with a painting of, um, of a street that has a bar, and then uh-huh. swap it to a, a painting of, of, of the bar, mm-hmm. and then a picture of the bar. Yeah. And then a, a picture of the inside of the bar, and then yeah. a picture of the coffee machine. Yeah. And then hang the coffee machine, and I'm done. Yeah, nobody yeah, will ever notice. She'll see you coming a mile away, Max. But it's a great idea. It's called, it's called, it's called, it's called the salami tactics of sales. You take one slice at a time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, where, where? I we? think I can get away with it. <clears throat> oh, okay, okay, it's interesting. I'm going to see how that gets it comes on. I might, yeah, I might sure make I a wager. To. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. This is this is where this is where the gambling guy in me comes. Out. I'm not a big gambler, but every now and then I get tempted. Yeah, no, no, no. let's not. So, blending. Yeah. So blending. So what we're going to do? So he had this competition. Basically, mm-hmm. he's got this seasonal espresso uh, blend, and um, he had a competition saying, "Hey, you know what? Uh, if you uh, if you think you can come up with a, a better blend." Uh, I'll give you the coffee and you come out with it and try it. And it, obviously it wasn't for, it wasn't, he wasn't giving the coffee to everybody he had to enter the competition mm-hmm. and, and win it. Um, but because he said, Nick, because you're special, uh, you're, you're special. a very special human being. Um, he said that to me. Uh, and, he said, very sophisticated. Uh, <laughs> very sophisticated. Uh, he said, I'm going to, to give you the beans. 
Um, and Just so this is actually the first time we've not actually paid. Oh, oh wow! And, uh, wow. And, and also he said, "Don't tell anyone." Oh, that's right. He said, "Don't tell anyone." I'll have to edit that out. Uh, so, um, so no, he didn't say that. <laughs> Oh God, he's probably regretting this whole thing already. Um, so he's uh, he was he was he was uh, he was very he was very decent. He said uh, he didn't argue at all. He's just like, yeah, sure, it's a great you know great idea, Nick. Go go and do it, um, and and tell me tell me you know how you get on and, and what your approach is. So really, this, the point of this first podcast when you break it down to a couple of of, of episodes, yeah, it's probably um, going to be a series because uh, first of all, yeah. there's a lot of coffee to go through, and we have limits. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise we're going to start seeing sounds yeah. and I don't really yeah. like to waste coffee. Yeah. So I no, drink all of the blends. Not going to waste it. Not going to waste any of it. No. Um, and uh, so we're going to break it down into, into a few sort of episodes, how we get on. So we're going to set the scene in this yeah. episode and we're going to talk a little bit about, about, well, obviously we talked about what it is, but also then how we're going to go about doing it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, and so I thought I'd start, I thought, I'd, I thought what people would find really useful and of value is to talk a little bit about blending because yeah. it, got a, it had a bit of a bad rap um, and maybe yeah. still does. It's, and, uh, it's the, the, the purists hmm. that tend to, tend to have quite an opinion about it. Well, there's always the purists. There's always the snobs out there and the oh, yeah. purists who, who, you know. Um, but we're not snobs. Like we're just sophisticated. Yeah, well, I mean, you say I'm not a snob, but you didn't see me in that dress. I'm telling you, I was a knockout. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but there's another reason too why by blending maybe had a bit of a bad rap, and that is because um, traditionally, I don't know how many years back this goes, but traditionally, it would be kind of like you're in a roastery, and you know, it's like, what have I got left over? <laughs> It's a bit like it's the sausage. The blending used to be the sausage of uh, the coffee industry. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go see how they make sausages at to butchers. And, they're tasty. Um, they're very, very tasty. And uh, they come after they sweep the floor uh, <laughs> with the leftovers. And I know this because um, a friend of mine uh, is a butcher or was a butcher. He's now a very successful, extremely wealthy stockbroker. Doesn't talk to me anymore. Uh, he would, I'm sure he's very, very nice, but he used to be a butcher. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, we had this conversation once about sausages. He said, Nick, we just, we take all the bits that are on the floor at the end of the day. <laughs> we sweep them up and make sausages from them. And so that's basically what they, what they used to do with the, uh, with the coffee. It's like, you know, they had different beans, different places. Hey, what can we mix together? And so it was never, there was never really an art to it. And also, uh, you should also remember that often you would see uh, robusta blend with yeah. uh, arabica. Which, to any purist, if you say the the R word, they're gonna start taking ripping their hair the hair off. Oh, well, that's which, worth doing then. Yeah, that's definitely worth doing then. I want to see them do that. Yeah, there is robusta in the blend. Yeah, Ooh. I used to have that. No, I don't care. I used to do that in my cafe. Yeah, but yeah, was all the coffee. I was pretty much well. Yeah, you know, it gives you the, the, the body and the. Well, you know, I had to. I, I didn't buy the machine. I I, I did a deal with uh, with with Lamazocco. Mm-hmm. Um, 
actually it was, uh, or their local representative uh, to to provide us with the machines and the grinders and all the servicing and everything, basically. Mm-hmm. But how do um, you know just, you, were, you were sure that you wanted to make a deal with them? Because they're the only people in the city. But how did, how did they know that you wanted to make a deal? And we went there and we pretended we were, you know, mediumly interested and we could do something we were desperate of course but you know <laughs> i was trying to refer back to the to, to buying a truck oh oh <laughs> it's so subtle I that. <laughs> I can't yeah don't remind me i'm still getting over that in therapy um <laughs> but how do you know we want to buy the truck uh they said that to me i swear they said that to me. You know? <laughs> I think it was my fifth time. I was trying to count it the other day. It was in my fifth or sixth time back to the notary. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Anyway, so, uh, so, so we had a we had a 70, 70 30 Robusta mm-hmm. Arabica blend. And uh, and people liked it. It was like one of the best coffees in yeah. the city. It was really good. Yeah. You know, for, for what it was, which is what you know, people drank a lot of espresso over yeah. there. They didn't have a lot of lattes, actually. It was macchiatos, except a macchiato in the Balkans mm-hmm. is a flat white. So it gets very confusing for tourists to go over there and ask for a flat white. They don't know what a flat white is. And they say, ah, you mean macchiato? And they go, no, I, I don't want a macchiato. I want a, I want a flat white. And they explain it. And they go, that's a macchiato. Mm. Uh, but if they drink a lot of espresso and macchiatos and actually a Robusto Arabica blend that way, 70-30, actually worked really well. Uh, in those drinks so so there and uh but you're absolutely right so they would blend robusta and arabica they would blend anything that was left over on the floor in the roastery <laughs> i don't know if that's necessarily the, the case but they had the like leftover beans and they used to kind of throw them all together mm-hmm. and it was also another way of just cheapening um you know your cost profile so if you wanted to if you wanted to be able to meet a certain price point and get your beans out at a certain price point and you used to be able to say, you know, uh, you'd highlight the expensive, you know, quality flavor beans from, you know, Colombia, you know, you know, hundred percent or not hundred percent. You'd say, you know, uh, Arabica beans from Brazil in big right. writing and then small writing, you know, and a bunch of other stuff. And 90% Robusta. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, of course there's a lot of bad quality Arabica out there as well. Um, just because it's Arabica doesn't mean it's good quality. You can oh, have yeah, bad exactly. Arabica and you can have, you know, badly processed, shipped Arabica. You could have badly, you know, oh, badly, selected, badly but, roasted, yeah. badly selected. Uh, so, and, and, and well selected and well roasted Robusta. So it's kind of, um, it's kind of, uh, there, there's more to it than just the label, but, uh, you definitely like, like with, um, like with the wine, not that I know a lot about wine. I know you do. Um, mm-hmm. Like with a wine, you will create a base. Oftentimes, when you're blending your wine, you'll create a base with uh, with uh, oh, what's it called Madeira. Madeira is that what it's called? Madeira. What's that yeah. base? You always see it on the on the bottles, on wine bottles when they're making blends. Um, anyway, know. it's whatever it is. It's like it's a it's a it's an it's an unexciting but good foundation mm-hmm. for a blend. So you you have your you have your blend foundation. Which is which is not going to win any taste awards, but it stabilizes the whole the whole chemistry. And then what you do is you add in your expensive Lardida wines on top, mm-hmm. and then hopefully you you bring out the flavors, but keeping a sort of a, a a sort of a stable foundation to it. And it's kind of the same, I I think, in um, in blending uh, coffee uh, beans because you you want to have 
coffee flavor. So you're basically, usually you're going for some kind of foundational um, Brazil or Colombian type coffee, which has that, you know, that coffee, roast coffee flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to brighten it up a little bit with something a bit, um, you know, a bit more exciting, like, uh, like an Ethiopian or a Kenyan. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, uh, so in this case, what we have got uh, from Carbetti Roasters is yeah. uh, two bags. Well, we actually got lots of bags and lots of bags. It's a bit like Christmas. I opened it up. I was so <laughs> excited. Uh, we've got a couple of these, uh, but we've basically got two, two single origin beans, one from Colombia mm-hmm. and one from Ethiopia. Yeah. And I don't know if you, Max, have actually tasted them individually. Yes, know? I have. Obviously. Ah, <laughs> of course we did that, right? So you don't know what you're working with, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you need to know it. <laughs> okay. So, um, so we've got a Ethiopian and we've got a Colombian and the, the, the what i what i find is that y- you i think again gareth has taken the approach so first of all gareth obviously he's tried all the different <laughs> variations of blending it's not like we're going to discover something and he's like oh, oh no, my I'm god sure. I, we're not for sure right I, I i think the point of the exercise is more along the lines of seeing okay i know what i can do with these two beans but what do um, but what are other people like? What wish is going to be? I think he's going to find that an interesting exercise. So that's probably yeah. what he's doing out of it. It's probably. I think that's more like for him to learn what people like more than to find something. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm pretty sure he's done these these exercises exactly in the same way I'm doing it, probably in exactly in the same way you're doing it. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, there is. Uh, so this is something I wanted to talk about. Uh, if you're okay with that. <laughs> Sure. Um, the way to approach these things is uh, <clears throat> the most efficient way would be to uh, via design of experiment, which basically is to build um, a, a table, a matrix with the different concentrations and the different variables you can add, and then put them all together into into a statistical program that then based on the on the measurement that you that you do at the end so you will have to, you will need to have a measurement at the end uh, it will give you a heat map basically of of your extraction of your of your experiment in general so you will have a two or three dimensional uh, you can even have a multi-dimensional plot obviously more than three dimensional you can't plot it but it exists mm-hmm. as a matrix um, and then it will tell you which ones are the drivers, so which are the principal uh, variables that drive different things. And then it's all based against your measurement at the end. The problem that I'm having, and as, as an analyst, I am struggling with this, is that I don't have a measurement that, right. is, uh, that is absolute. So you, I can't say, oh, uh, this flavor is a five. Or, mm-hmm. or these other flavors are too, and that's why often you see people people um, <clears throat> fixating on um, TDS. Yeah, yeah, because and it gives them a metric, right? Exactly, because it, it's it's the only way of actually getting something that is absolute. The problem I have with that is that that is not the whole picture; it's not the full picture. And yeah. I will actually be uh, attending a seminar next uh, week or in two weeks. I don't remember on mm-hmm. coffee flavors Ooh. and i will send you the invite uh, yeah please do there is going to be uh, it's it's by agilent through wiley library so it's it's a scientific uh, seminar mm-hmm. uh, on how 
coffee extraction uh, brings the different flavors in. And uh, it's something that I would like to talk about in uh, one of our podcasts, um, but not in this one. Uh, but yeah. um, stay tuned because I have a lot to say about it. And I think that this, this is something it's a great subject. very interesting. Yes. It's a, uh, it's, and it's actually a very difficult subject and it gets quite technical as well. So, yes. um, yeah, I have been looking at it as well and, 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 you know, thought I'd quickly read up on that one day and realize that there's a whole, um, there's a whole tomb, there's volumes of information to mm-hmm. learn uh, about it. And we're talking about, we're talking beyond like the flavor profiles and the flavor wheel. Um, I think got updated recently as well. Uh, we're talking beyond that mm-hmm. um, into chemistry. Yes, and, exactly. And and so it's um, it's if you're into it, it's a really it's a really interesting uh, subject. And and I'm starting to get into it a little bit to try to understand a bit more. I think for this exercise, right? Mm-hmm. What we're actually doing is we're I, I think don't get don't overthink it. Let's just. Oh no 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 no! I would to, to be honest, I would love to be able to 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 analyze these with my instruments at work. Yeah, every every single sample of these, just just to have to have data that I can actually say, okay, moving these things, changing these these proportions, uh, give me this kind of result, and and then I can then track the different the different uh, maps and then optimize against it, mm. which is to be honest something that uh, is not a, is not a new thing. Uh, Sam Adams, the the beer the beer factory of yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah, they used to do that develop, to develop new um, new flavors. They used. Yeah. To, I, I actually created um, one of the methods uh, that they use uh, through a collaborator in at the University of Massachusetts. Uh, I've created one of the methods uh, that where they were um, measuring the um, the volatiles, the volatile mo- uh, flavor molecules of mm-hmm. of the hops. Mm-hmm. So they I guarantee problems. you. I guarantee you, in a matter of uh, in a matter of time, um, all of this will be will be modeled in computer simulations. Yeah, and exactly. Artificial intelligence, because um, in the same way that, funny enough, interesting, you can get some really really excellent music now that it has been uh, that has been created through artificial intelligence, and um, I would not, no, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm absolutely certain you'll get to a point where you'll do some analysis of uh, the bean. And uh, based on that analysis, um, there'll be computer models run, and you'll go in there and you'll say, as a roaster, you'll say, it'll t- unfortunately, it'll take all the art away from it, but you'll say, what do you want? And you'll say, ah, I want a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, give well, it a little bit of that only as well. The, it's not only that. I think it's, uh, <clears throat> it's not, for, for the roaster, it's very important because obviously the roaster wants a certain profile. But at the same time, it would uh, it would um, blend perfectly, and just to use the keyword, it would b- blend perfectly into something like uh, <laughs> into something like um, um, like the decent coffee machine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because that is uh, fully automated, and it can and it can do all sorts of crazy things. And that being able to analyze what comes out. Mm-hmm. You would be able then to extract perfectly to to replicate exactly what the roaster wanted, or yeah. what you actually want, because you can decide. Oh, I actually like the the floral or the the citrus flavors, so I want to yeah. extract more on, into that, and I don't want the the chocolate because I'm crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you want to have the chocolate. What are you, are you crazy? <laughs> but, 
I'm I'm saying you could potentially do these kind of things and yeah. uh, stay within a, a certain tolerance, and you can actually do it <clears throat> if you if you model it properly. Uh, yeah, and that's all. So done. what we're gonna yeah. what we're gonna do? Just so I want to get this back to, to yes, I am um, sorry. <laughs> it's okay because we're gonna save it. We're gonna get all the, all the good stuff away for uh, yeah for another podcast. But we um, so we do these things. So we got the, all these these, these wonderful <clears throat> themes from uh, from the lovely people at Cavetti, and um, we're we're going to blend them with not just an eye to well, obviously an eye to taste, um, but also. Also, you have to have in the back of your mind, uh, you have to have, if you're a roaster, having too small a percentage of one bean over another mm-hmm. is, um, is not practical. Because if you imagine, I'm sure you did this, you took out the, the Ethiopian beans were smaller than the, the Colombians, right? Yeah. And so they'll have a different, uh, a different, different density. And yeah. so naturally you have them in a bag or whatever else. Um, you're not going to get a, a perfectly equal distribution, uh, especially as one quantity goes down. So if you had a very small amount of Ethiopian, which mm-hmm. is you're probably going to end up with more Colombian and a little bit more, uh, sorry, a little bit less Ethiopian um, as, a, as a guess, right? You're so are you telling a- me you don't shake your beans before you pour them out? Uh, no, I've never shaken my beans and uh, my blended beans before, before I poured them out. Actually, ah. I never even thought about it. Um, but the reality <laughs> is, is that if you've got, you know, if you've got for every to, to hundred our 25, beans, just a, a, a thing to our 25 listeners, do shake yeah. your beans before you take them out. <laughs> I'll have, you know, we've got 26. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> it's a citation um, from, uh, uh, the, from Mr. Petrarca. Who? Uh, a writer from uh, the Renaissance in Italy. He actually oh, had. Well, I'm uh, sure everybody got that reference. <laughs> he had. Uh, <laughs> he had. Uh, thanks for slipping that common <laughs> reference in. I don't know if it was Petrarch. Anyway, someone um, uh, in the Renaissance. He had uh, actual readers, so he was writing books, and people were buying them as he was writing them. Wow! Which was uh, something revolutionary. And as an act of modesty, he would refer to them as uh, his 25 readers. Oh, okay. All right. So that's why I'm saying I, our 25 listeners. I feel like I have to, uh, I have to come up with uh, an equally erudite uh, reference uh, <laughs> next, next week. Um, but no, the point is if you get, if you get, uh, if you get, if you imagine you count out a hundred beans yeah. on your, on your table and then you say, okay, and five of those are going to be Ethiopian, right? Mm-hmm. What are the chances if those are all mixed up in a bag? <laughs> the chances of yeah. you pouring and getting exactly five beans out when you when you make your brew so there the pro, there are some practicalities as well to to this blend mm-hmm. um so whilst we, we to, to some degree what you want to do and we will be doing this we probably will end up with the five beans we'll count them out um but we'll we'll have a um we'll set the parameters so in any kind of uh, exercise like this, you want to set a parameter that is, mm-hmm. you know, your outside boundaries. So you have your, you know, uh, very heavy on the Ethiopian boundary, very light on the Ethiopian boundary that, 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 that creates two points on the graph, as it were, mm-hmm. or two points in the taste profile. And then you, you work your way in methodically uh, yep. from there and start to notice as you're making those changes what the, what the effect is. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing. That's the kind of approach we're, we're taking, right? Yes, exactly. Well, uh, one thing. Yeah. Do, don't, do not count beans because that's wrong. 
I know I wasn't Wait counting beans. beans. I was weighing them. Yeah. No, you're right. Cause of the density. Yeah. 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 And, uh, we will have to make some assumptions, for example, because assumption number one is we will always be uh, grinding the same amount into uh, the into the uh, sorry at the same and the same uh, ground. Yeah, grind so, size is the same. Yeah. So th- yeah, thank you for bringing that up um, because that's important. I, if you don't, it's really fix- important. As a matter of fact, what I'm also doing is I'm making sure I clean up my grinder, which is a bit of a pain in the ass before every one. So I clean the grinder completely um, using a very complex uh, methodology. I think you, you, you've I've described this before. It's the Homer Simpson uh, methodology. <laughs> you know when Homer uh, Homer grabs Bart around the neck and shakes him? Why are you doing it? I do that with my grinder. <laughs> and I hold it upside down by the neck and I shake it until uh, everything comes out. Then I get a brush and I get a brush in there and get all that out. This is for the flat burrs. Um, and then, oh, I, then, I, and then I, I, I run it empty a couple of times to make sure everything's kind of pushed out. And then I run a few grams. So I always make a few extra grams. So if, mm-hmm. we're, if we're doing 14, which is what he recommends on the back, if we're doing 14 grams, yeah. I put 20 through. And then, um, and then I'll throw away the first few grams and then I'll put the rest through and then take off. So I got 14. So that kind of should give a pure, um, uh, 14 grams of the blend. Uh, and then I just make sure that the whole, that the hop is cleaned out and I make sure that the machine is clean as well. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm just very, I'm being very OCD about cleaning everything. So I get a, um, so I can pick up the even subtle differences. Yeah. Everything else. That, that's actually very good. As possible. Um, personally, I don't, uh, I don't clean the grinder too much cause, um, I have, um, otherwise it's a pain. It's, uh, because mm-hmm. I have a gadget MDF and, uh, I actually go in with a chopstick every time I make coffee, so I know I have very little retention. I weigh I weigh the, the coffee before and after, yeah. uh, and it's always the same weight that goes in and out. So I'm okay with that. I have less than one gram retention, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. So uh, so that's going to be like our methodology, and then we'll be doing yeah. that. And the idea isn't to say what we like and what we don't like so much as reporting about the differences. Yes, because we have to learn that it's not, mm-hmm. it's not about saying what we like and what we don't like. It's about finding the right flavors. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, and just actually more of an interest factor as to, as to how the flavors can change. One mm-hmm. thing I did notice is that the, <clears throat> I noticed that the, um, that the beans, uh, both the Colombian and the Ethiopian, are quite well paired, and I think that takes a bit of uh, that takes a bit of that's obviously been a bit of trial and error to get to the point where you know you can't just take any Ethiopian and any Colombian, you can't take you know any two coffees and blend them together, or you can do, but I don't think the results. Well, you can, but if, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, going to be a yeah. mess. <laughs> but you'll get ill. Uh, yeah, I yeah. have tried to be honest. I have tried <laughs> with some coffees that I couldn't, I couldn't stomach, and um, it did not go well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've, um, yeah, accidentally, if, if the cheap beans have gone into my grinder, this is why I've got two grinders now because I keep <laughs> the cheap beans that are, that are that are used by other people in the household. Uh, mm-hmm. I keep them away. I keep them far away from my grinder. No one's allowed to touch my grinder because um, it used to be the case that there, there would be like some just even a little bit of those nasty, nasty, dirty, horrible, yucky beans in there before. And they would, it would ruin the whole coffee. It's amazing. So even a little bit, even a little bit in there would just mess it up. Uh-huh. 
Anyway, not that I'm, you know, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I'm angry like, about it or anything. No, 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 no. He just yeah. shakes, shakes his grinder upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I shake. I do. I, I, and it's a heavy grinder. You know what? You know the the thing I'm using. That's that. Uh, that's that big grinder. It's a big. 65 mil burb or 75 no i think it's 65 mil burb 65 uh, 75 what is it what is it uh <laughs> it's a zenith a zenith okay a zenith something a zenith e65 mm. yeah yeah I ha- and it's that thing weighs a ton yeah but um but uh so you have to get a little bit angry when you do it you can't do it gently <laughs> you can't coax the beans out you, you have to it's kind of cathartic um, is it now? <laughs> you take all the stresses, all the people who are phoning you 12 times in a row, uh-huh. and you grab that grinder by the throat, hold it upside down, give it a good <laughs> shake. And like, yeah. 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 It helps. It really helps. So, Ladies and gentlemen, me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, issues, issues. So uh, what else is going on, Max? What else is happening? Well, you know, it's something we didn't talk about a lot. Um, I want to look into it. It's another time. It's a thing for another time. Mm-hmm. I want to look in because I need your, I need your, uh, I need your advice on My expertise. Is the molecular coffee. Molecular coffee. Yeah, what? they're going to because you know coffee's got coffee's got a problem uh, in that um, this thing called global warming, which apparently doesn't exist if you're uh, okay. conservative. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no. Wait, 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 wait. You, you just, you just what used what? one of my triggers. Yeah. Oh, please don't come. Molecular? Please don't tell me you don't believe in, in global warming. No, 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 no. Molecular coffee? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, apparently... When people what? say molecular, it's like um, hydrodynamic or... Um, hydrodynamic hydrodynamic water? Is that what you say? Yes. Or, or like, um, what is it? Uh, not... Uh, ah. There's another thing that. Okay, so let me rephrase that so that you don't you don't like burst a vein or something. Good. Um, so it's uh, this company has raised mm-hmm. a gajillion dollars or something like that. Um, yeah. And uh, they basically can make coffee without coffee plants, um, and they have I don't I don't know if they sort of what they've used to 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 they so imitating the molecules and I mean, anything more I say than that is going to be wrong. And I'm going to make a complete fool of myself. So I can pretend we run out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> so they're good. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically, they can make coffee without coffee plants. Um, so by and, synthetically making the molecules yeah, synthetic of the coffee. coffee, it's a bit like uh, it's a bit like beyond meat, you know, is it beyond meat that that company that makes yeah. meat out of meat out of, sorry, out of plants. Yes. And they grow it in a petri dish. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's. Uh, I mean, they're cultivated. Yeah, but you know the okay. carbon footprint of that. Uh, what? You know the carbon the carbon footprint of that. Uh, of what the Beyond Meat? In general, yeah. No, a lot. Is it a lot now? Whilst they're doing the research with uh, the ability to scale it down. Unless you can ferment it, it's. But how does uh, it compare to 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 cows farting? Because cow's farting is one of the biggest contributors. Like it's right up there with the Chinese um, cold uh, plants. Really, no, not really. Yeah, because nothing beats cow's farting. I tell it's, you what, they they're they're the biggest carbon dioxide, which is actually a very good reason to not eat. It's, it's actually methane, but it's it's, it's not really. That, don't don't go all scientific on me. I I'm heard sorry, this. That's what I, I do on, uh, on a respectable uh, internet site. 
Um, and, uh, and it must be true because they're trying to come up with ways in which they can take uh, uh, genes from a kangaroo mm -hmm. and implant them into a cow because kangaroos don't fart. That's, uh, that doesn't sound right. Ah, oh, man, there's lots of things wrong in this world. Don't get me started. But yeah, no, um, but it's it's no physically because farts oh. in cows are actually due to the to to the. Uh, hey, go look it up. I'm telling you, this yeah, stuff's all it's, on the it's to the process of the of the of the stuff in the intestine, which is by the bacteria, the the, the intestine, mm -hmm. intestinal flora. See, you can which... only beat me with your logic and your intelligence if I care. But... <laughs> <laughs> There's something I, you know, I did this. Can I just tell you, I, 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 I'm going to end this podcast here because we've lost everybody already. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was in a good, I, I, I read a lot of books when I was <clears> in early on in business. Um, and you'll know the ones. Uh, oh, what's that? Uh, how to get to yes, whatever it is. Get get to yes, never get to yes, get to yes fast, I don't whatever it was. Uh, anyway, everyone knows that book. It's an old book. Um, and Getting to Yes, I think it is, it's called. And uh, it's a book on negotiation. And I read okay. all this stuff and I and I thought I knew about negotiation. I re-memorized. I think I read it twice. I don't really mean too many books twice, but when I employed that kind of uh, that kind of um, approach to negotiation a lot in business uh, for many, many years. And then I negotiated with a uneducated uh, gentleman or a group of gentlemen uh, who knew absolutely nothing about what they were talking about. And I was far smarter than them and far more educated than them. And I sat there knowing this, knowing that, of course, I would run circles around them in the negotiation. Mm -hmm. And I got trounced uh, because it did, they got trounced. Trounced is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an English word, Max. Um, it means yeah. squarely yeah. beaten. It means okay. pulled down and spanked. Basically, Good. right? Uh, because these um, uneducated people who didn't know any better uh, just didn't care, and they just wouldn't, and they wouldn't move. I mean, forget about you know where are we going to meet in the middle. There was no meet in the middle. There was no compromise. There was just I want what I want, and you're like, yeah, but you know, you're not going to get in the things like you know, shrug, and they they shrugged, <laughs> you know, yeah. And what do you do? How do you negotiate? <laughs> And there's you a know. really great book. So I followed this up. I had this conversation with an investor and, and I said, you know, what do I do? This guy's, you know, uh, and he gave me a great piece of advice. He said, go read, it, go read this book. And the book's called Never Split the Difference. And it's about a hostage negotiator for the FBI. Mm -hmm. And he made the really good point. He's like, oh, yes, this getting to yes book's rubbish. <laughs> this thing I've been using as a Bible. He says, it's rubbish. He said, you know, you're a hostage negotiator. He said, I knew this when I, when I went into a, a bank robbery. And it was a bank robbery and they're holding a bunch of people hostage. And they said, they're going to start killing them. And, uh, and he said, well, you know, how, where's your compromise with that? Do you say, okay, they've got 12 people in there. Do you say, I tell you what, send out six and kill the other six. <laughs> well, you know, what's the difference, right? You can't do that. You got to win everything or nothing. And it was a really interesting book. Open my eyes to things. Um, and, uh, and, and, and part of this, when I was, when I was discussing, well, there's this guy couldn't be moved by passion. He couldn't be moved by logic. He couldn't mm -hmm. be moved with any rational argument. There was no, there was no way to, to corner him, to, to cleverly trick him to anything. He just wouldn't be moved to sit there totally implacid and he would just shrug and go, no. And so that's what I'm doing, Max, against your logic and mm -hmm. against your evidence. And against your, and I'm doing little air quotes here, facts. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. True. Uh, Cows fart is a big problem, and uh, the world is flat. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) You you do know that the world cannot be flat, because otherwise cats would have pushed everything out of the edges already. (laughs) Cats. So that, that that's 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 my that's my counter argument. I rest my case. Your argument is invalid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Let's end this. Let's end this crazy podcast. Yeah, it's a Sunday Kill afternoon. It. Yeah. <laughs> the music. Should we do the music? How does the music go? I've forgotten. No, it doesn't go like that. No, I have no idea. What does what? Who? All right, I'm going to stop recording. Thank God. <laughs>